It's a perfect storm for Shitsville new car buyers as sales plunge to their lowest levels since the Easter Bunny and the 15 Corinthians fate the resurrection of Jesus over in Bethany all those years ago. Yes. At the same time, car industry lobby group assholes prepare to go 100% medieval on the Aussie taxpayer. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where Australian new car buyers save thousands off their brand new cars. <laughs> Hit me up on the website. New car sales were so emphatically shit down under last month that not even Tony Webber, the Dr. Frank Inferta of the car industry's grubby little anti-consumer lobby group in Cam... <laughs> could continue to use the bullshit term negative growth to describe the apocalyptic plunge. I don't mind lockdown, okay? Social distancing, I'm fine with that. I don't even mind refraining from French kissing complete strangers in the friggin' street. But I do rather hate it when a zombie apocalypse impacts one of the nation's top producers of bullshit. A total of 38,926 sales were recorded for the month. This figure represents a fall of 48.5% over the same period last year. 75,550 sales, and the largest single decrease of any month since VFAX figures were first recorded in 1991. Here in the somewhat scenic trailer of arse, we did better than many other countries, believe it or not, in the new car flogging sweepstakes. Yes, the Anzac spirit. You've probably seen in the news falls of up to 100% recorded elsewhere on Earth in seemingly civilised countries. India, for example, was down 100% with zero sales, just behind Italy, down by 98%. We're twice as good as those friggin' losers, clearly. Of course, this is mainly because dealerships in those countries were closed by government mandate, a fact that uh, some let's call them journalists, let's call it uh, overlooked in their once-over-lightly reports on this. Winners and losers from the market in just a sec. But first, I'd suggest you know it's really quite bad indeed when lobby group assholes start bandying about terms such as fall and decrease to describe sales. I did rather like the good old days when crap sales were merely ongoing negative growth and Chernobyl was a negative reactor vessel integrity event. <laughs> good times. I hate it when they lose that lobby group magic. Clearly the zombie apocalypse pandemic has had a major influence on the April sales result and reflects a downturn in the broader economy right across the country. Really? You think? I wonder what gave him that impression. Tony Frankenfurter there. I see statements like this in official press releases and I kind of go, here's a dude with his finger right on the pulse. Yes. There weren't really any winners last month now that I think about it, but there were in fact 
negative losers, happily. Toyota accounted for better than one in four cars sold, grabbing a massive 26.5% market share. Perhaps seen as a safe haven in a crisis, who knows? Only 32% down in April, that's Toyota. Kia pulled off an epic overtaking move of sorts, really just by falling less than everyone else in the peloton, thus overtaking arch-rival and big brother Hyundai for a podium finish in third spot behind Toyota and Mazda in first and second, respectively. But ahead of everyone else, and whoever would have thought they would see Kia in third overall? Not too many people a decade ago, I'm sure. Year to date, there were very few car makers posting actual growth, and most of them are, let's be kind, statistical outliers. Genesis is up 8.8% off, something of a low base. Havel, rhymes with gravel, is up 37%, while Great Wall was up by triple figures, 105%, or 354 additional vehicles. And I never thought I'd be talking about 354 additional Great Walls out there on our roads like it's some kind of friggin' positive, but there you go. Peugeot grew almost 7% from essentially fuck all to fuck all in a bit. So that's nice for them. Doubtless they all had a big congratulatory board meeting in a closet somewhere to celebrate. And Ram, Ram, mighty Ram, is up 27%, which I guess proves how important it is for some buyers to continue to compensate for a... uh, Dimensional deficiency elsewhere, even during such unprecedented uncertainty. The negatively well-hung have bought 169 more Ram pickups so far this year. Yes. And Ferrari, the mighty Cavallino, the most aspirational shitbox imaginable, one of the few good news stories flowing from Italy this year. 4% up. That's three more rich Aussie wankers in Ferraris out there on our roads so far in 2020. And I hope that gives you as much relief as it does me. As uplifting as all this is, of course, the fact is all of the mainstream brands are in extreme pain. And this is a perfect storm opportunity for you if you've got the funds and you also need a new car. Among the brands I routinely recommend, Mazda is down 34% this year. And bear in mind, this is all off the back of two years of protracted (coughs) negative growth. Hyundai, 29% down. Subaru, 20% down. Mitsubishi, almost 39% off the pace. Even Kia, which is floating upwards like cream on a sea of shit sails, is 7% down overall, just like Toyota and BMW. All pretty resilient in that 7% freefall kind of domain, but still under massive pressure to perform, just like the multi-franchise dealers tasked with selling them. In the premium space, Lexus has fallen 14% this year, which is roughly twice as hard as BMW, while the three-pronged suppository is down 16.8%, vestigially ahead of four-ringed Volkswagen for compulsive masturbators, which was formerly known as Audi, obviously, down 17.2%. 
parent company holding the balance of power for the evil empire, Volkswagen, was down 62% in April. And I am, of course, devastated, as you might expect. All up, this is a sensational opportunity for you to pitch a really low offer to basically any car dealer and watch him squirm as you and your cash departs for the door. If he doesn't go for it, this is one of the most powerful things you could ever do in a negotiation. Everyone should do it once in their lives. I mean, it's almost as uplifting as being in a hot tub full of Amber Heard, Jessica Alba and Sophia Vergara. It's also something of an outstanding opportunity for shameless industry beggars to bother the government with their grubby, self-serving, undignified trivialities. We know that our member brands are doing everything they can to assist both their dealerships and their valued customers during this difficult time, but more needs to be done. We are calling on federal and state governments to consider the automotive industry, which employs over 65,000 people in Australia, when compiling their recovery plans. Dr. Tony Frankenfurter there, I mean, he never disappoints. It's like, hi, we're the car industry. Give us some more of that taxpayer money. <laughs> That's the ongoing prevailing proposition, I think you'd agree, to which I would retort respectfully, do fuck right off, dude. Climb out of this frickin' hole on your own like a bunch of grown-ups. Taxpayer assistance. The car industry has had more than enough of that, and it always ends badly. Pro tip. You lobby group mongrels enthusiastically attempt to throw the entire aftermarket industry under the bus at every opportunity, which I suspect is a far bigger employer than you, and yet you seek protected species status when times are tough. It just seems unreasonable, dude. If you really want to see auto industry employment recover, perhaps you could just stop sticking it deep into the aftermarket industry and thus seem somewhat less like malicious scumbags in the process. It's just a suggestion. In the past week, professional lobby group assholes representing slimy car dealers have petitioned the government for a cash for clunkers scheme to get old cars off the roads and thus stimulating the demand for new cars, I suppose. That's spearheaded by former cartoon superhero, Jimbo Slarty Bartfart. They're calling it a fleet renewal scheme. Because everything needs a catchy name, obviously, and clunkers implies only proper shitboxes are targeted for their scrappers, whereas they're quite happy to scrap everything, even good older cars, not unlike a pack of rabid dogs. Such a scheme would provide significant benefits to motorists in terms of safety and fuel consumption with a wider societal benefit in the form of reduced vehicle emissions. Mr. Slarty Bartfart, they're really troweling it on too, in my view, so well done. This is like in TV when the executive producer says, I've got a great opportunity for you. You know, he's selling you up the river, right? This is that. Here's the dude representing a bunch of greasy car dealers, shamelessly pushing the slime ball barrow all the way up the steps and into Parliament House, 
He's expecting you to believe that he's somehow suddenly and primarily motivated by society's more altruistic virtues such as safety, fuel economy and clean air. This is one of the most fucked up things about lobby group assholes. I think you'd agree, pushing the vested interest barrow while contemporaneously suggesting how great their bullshit proposal is going to be for the likes of you and me. And the media just soaks this shit up without any critical assessment whatsoever. What he's talking about, okay, and what they're both talking about is taking taxpayer funds, which could be devoted to, I don't know, setting up proper pandemic management agencies or an effective and well-funded bushfire fighting force or deploying effective countermeasures against climate change. And in the case of Mr. Slarty Bartfart, handing that money to a bunch of grubby car dealers instead. In the case of Dr. Tony Frankenfurter from the FCAI, AI, whatever, they just want to see the money go directly into the car industry's back pocket, you know. It's equally reprehensible. As your next prime mincer, I therefore, in the spirit of making Australia less shit, call on Dr. Tony Frankenfurter and Jimbo Slarty Bartfart and perhaps His Excellency Horst von Sydow, he's the FCAI's Ming the Merciless, essentially, to remake the Bee Gees 1997 classic Stayin' Alive as a rallying cry of sorts for your members and their brink-of-death bullshit predicament. Let's snap them out of it now. (laughs) If you dipshits acquit yourself admirably in a remake of that fine tune, right down to the wardrobe and, of course, the nut-crunching falsetto, which we would all enjoy watching, we might even revise our ingrained impression of you. May not be any more favourable, obviously, but hey, it will be revised and perhaps that's enough. Meanwhile, back in reality, as someone who is self-employed, and I'd be interested in hearing from you if you are self-employed, you know, a small operator or a one-man band like me who is really not that likely to get some sort of massive government bailout anytime soon, let me know what you think in the comments feed, right? But speaking personally, as someone who's been self-employed for more than two decades all the way through a global financial crisis and now something I never expected, a zombie frigging pandemic, even though I'd seen the movies, but hey, I have never once petitioned a government for assistance of any kind. And I'm fundamentally happy to pay the required tax, as long as I get a return on investment, you know? Healthcare and roads, for example. Law and order. The fire is and the ambos. So helpful from time to time. Clean water. Even having the garbage collected, it is a net benefit, rather than having to dispose of it on your own. You know, whatever. At any level of government, I suggest that there is a return on investment for the taxes that you pay, and they need to be appropriately distributed. Therefore, I say emphatically to you disgraceful lobby group dickheads, and I say this with compassion and all due respect, fuck right off. Leave the struggling Aussie taxpayer alone. Embrace the suck dudes and climb out of this pit of shit 
on your friggin' own, like the big boys you claim to be, just like the rest of us have to. 